And now it's time for a wonderful, fairly new program here called Between Gears. And this is KVMR FM Nevada City, Casey. Patience, Bill. Patience. Camino. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is KVMR FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino, Placerville. And welcome to the station, a, a voice you're familiar with. Bill Seekers, thanks for being here tonight to help us out with the show. Well, thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to be here. Well, we're cheerleaders for bicyclists. Hap and I have been doing this uh, starting at a half-hour program. Now we're up to a whole hour once a month. So it's it's we're gathering momentum, as you know what it's like when you get to the top of the hill. And we have support. So we have UBET Bicycle Sales and Service. Between Gears is supported by UBET Bicycle Sales and Service of Nevada City, offering sales and servicing for mountain bikes, gravel, and e-bikes, plus bicycle tune-ups. Thank you very much. And that was haphazard. Oh, wait. It is. You know that. It is haphazard. I, I know that. Yeah. And I'm Michael Keane, and it's always fun being here. And... Uh, it's it's great that this show is back. I'm I'm so surprised when I'm out bicycling at how many bicycles I'm passing now, or bicycles that I'm coming up from behind. So it's there's a great. lot of people out there. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's really they're everywhere, happening. and it's an amazing community. And there's all sorts of different folks riding different bikes for different reasons. Um, Personally, I, I do it for the, uh, you know, the adrenaline. Well, Bill. The endorphins. Bill. <laughs> true, true that. In addition to hosting Radio Flyer on alternate Tuesday mornings from 10 to noon, Bill is an avid bicyclist, and it's great to have him here. He also coaches the Nevada Union team. So, yeah, great to have you here and be great to share a little bit of information about that with you. Love to. Yeah, it's been a big part of my cycling uh, life up here in the community has been really was uh, rekindled with the team, I would say. Um, my oldest son, who's now 23, I think when he was a sophomore or freshman in high school, um, he was playing baseball for NU. And then um, he wanted to ride as well because I've, I've ridden off and on. And I think one of his cousins was a big rider down in Oakland and um, we'd go down and visit them and he'd ride with them and you know I'd ride with him when he was a little eight-year-old and what have you but um, he had some friends that you know rode and and so I found out about the team and got him involved and I realized that uh, if I didn't stay involved continually, that I had to get refit every season, and it was uh. a very painful process. Oh. So yeah. riding continually um, is just what I've been trying to do for the last few years. So. And you know, Bill, to me, I've been talking about this, riding in the winter is just as fun as summer, and sometimes even better, because you've got the excitement of inclement weather you could get caught out in. You've got wind blowing, you've got snow falling at times, and all of these variables going on. So no reason to kick back and rest for the several months of winter. It's a good time to ride. You know, it's the most difficult time to ride because you got a fire going, your house is warm, you're all cozied up, and it's cold and wet out there. But then when you get on your bike and you warm up, 
and you hit a, hit a patch of mud and you kind of slide around a little and maybe over a, a wet root or two or rock. And now that trail becomes something a little different than what it was when it was nice and dry and kind of easy. So super Definitely. fun. Yeah. Well, for those of you listeners who have heard the show before, you know that I ride an e-bike, a fat tire folding e-bike. Hap rides an off-road bike, which is... Uh, Acoustic. He, he likes to just look for mud puddles. Let's just say that. And Bill, I don't know. What do you ride? I ride a, I ride a mountain bike. I ride... Um, it's a Santa Cruz 5010, so it's a 27.5 wheel diameter. It's a little smaller. Oh, yeah. They have the 29, which sort of rolls over things a little easier. And I ride a 27.5 because it's a little more nimble, makes things a little bit more challenging for our area. Um, and it's sort of it's a, what's known as a mid-travel bike. So um, I think uh, the suspension isn't a big, huge, bouncy suspension, but it's also not a a real lightweight racing suspension. It's kind of a Goldilocks suspension, if you will. <laughs> oh, that's that's Ana- good. Analog. Like that. yeah. yeah, analog. Is that a funny <laughs> name? That's right. They call our bikes analog bikes. That's so funny to that, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the non-digital maybe e-bike? Non-e-bike. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just pedal yourself. Yeah, well, I, I ride the Jimi Hendrix model. Perfect. <laughs> Whatever puts a smile on your face is the most important. That's bike. right. No kidding. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's a psychological cure for so many things, really. To, I mean, if you're having a rough day or if you're just not together yet or anything, you can hop on the bike, pedal around a little while. Everything's okay. Because for the reasons you talked about, you get all pumped up. Oh, I got to get around this rock on the left side because it's muddy on the right and then down below there. And you're totally in the moment concentrating and not thinking about uh, other peripheral things in your life. Yeah, it takes you out of, uh, out of the moment. And it puts you in a space where you really, especially for mountain biking, uh, you know, road, ride, road riding and most biking, you, you better pay attention. I mean, it's, uh, a, it could be a dangerous activity. You're going at a decent clip. You know, your speed's uh, decently fast and and. F- in fact, most of the wrecks I've done have been very low speed, <laughs> not paying attention. And right. that's, that's the problem. So, you know, whatever you got going on in the world, you get on the bike and um, it forces you to focus on just that one thing. And, uh, I, yeah, I find it a very zen experience, too, which adds to my enjoyment immensely. Yeah, my, my crashes have been low speed, too, and it got back to our discussion we had a a couple of months ago about which side of the bike do you step off on oh that's a good i'd have to think about that depends on <laughs> yes yeah, what side the mountain ledge is on <laughs> that's right see depends on where you're riding or what you're doing yeah that's, that's part of it and then it's probably i'm most comfortable i'm right-handed so i get on and off with my right side all right typically yeah. Unless I come up to, again, um, some sort of weird... You emergency. Know, yeah, yeah, emergency exit or what have you. Yeah. Yeah. So. What a joy. Well, we we have... Um, I, I, I'm speaking personally. I kind of think that Hap and I have decided to be cheerleaders for bicycles. That's our goal. The bottom line. But along the way, we hope that in the coming months, you know, we cover safety, what's required of motorists to grant us space 
to get down the road if we happen to be riding on the pavement as opposed to a gravel road or out in the woods. So that uh, also, I had a really great uh, discussion with uh, Rod Brown, who's a member of our planning commission here in Nevada City, and he's heading a committee, a grassroots committee, to organize people to make change from the bottom to improve uh, bikes and walking spaces in Nevada City. So he's uh, soliciting help with that project, and and that goes out to any of you listeners that might be interested. I can uh, give you his email address or something later, or you know you can send us emails here at between gears at kvmr.org and uh, I can direct that information and it's a great way to network. Uh, also, I uh, made the acquaintance of Sean Clark who's going to be talking with us in about 20 minutes or so and uh, he's with the Bear Uber Land Trust and he's the guy that we get to thank for clearing up the logs that fall across the trails that we have to lift our bikes over if if thank we're you there so at much. the wrong time. Thank so thanks in advance, Sean, for that. And they also could use some volunteer help, too. So there's something, another opportunity for you bicyclists, uh, a great way to network and meet some folks that are like-minded, like you. So I just want to throw that out now, and we'll talk more about that later. But I'm curious, what is there a racing schedule? Do you guys do interscholastic rides with other schools, like? Placer or Roseville or Rockland or yeah, um, we're part of uh, an organization called uh, NICA at the top level, National Interscholastic Cycling Association. I think uh, if I remembered that correctly, um, they set up organizations for at the high school level across the country uh, to form high school mountain bike um, teams. And so they've done that across the entire country. But one of the things that I think is um, pretty cool, and I'm not sure if you've talked about it on the show before, but the first two teams in that were ever set up was Berkeley High School and Nevada Union. Those were the first two mountain bike wow. teams. And so, you know, I think that uh, we as a history in terms of uh, – the high school program have been at it since day one and that to me is pretty amazing and in fact some of the people that coach today i think the head coach was originally um on the team as a student i think we have another writer that was on the team as a student and it's always fun to engage with those folks because of what they got out of it and here they are returning to the program uh, so it's been around for a while you know long enough for that to happen and I think that's absolutely fantastic. Um, and just that history of, of that happening, it's it's nice to see it continually going. It's sort of like KVMR for me, right? It's yeah. like KVMR has a rich history in the community. I think the cycling team has a rich history in the community. And that uh, wouldn't be there if we didn't have, you know, we stand on the shoulders of giants, as they say. Right, and right. And we, we wouldn't be there if it wasn't for all the past coaches uh, you know, I've had the pleasure of um, riding with a number of the coaches throughout the years, and um, all of them just wonderful people. Um, yeah. You know, uh, had I've done, I, I was umpire in chief for Nevada City Little League for a couple of years, and then uh, umpired in total for about seven years. Awesome program, had a great time. Um, cycling is just something that, for me, I got, I was, you know, 
it's the only sport around that you can actually go out and ride with your kids. Uh, you don't have wow. to coach them, but you can be there riding with them sure. and getting the same exercise they're getting and see, you know going through the whole program with them. And there's not too many other programs around there that are like that. And then cycling is a sport. You know, I I ride. I yesterday I was riding, and uh, some uh, elderly folk were out there riding, and it just brought joy to my heart because, you know, you can be pretty much any age and ride, and yeah. not you can't say that about all sports. You know, you don't see a lot of that happening for all the sports that are out there. Yeah. But you know, hearing that. Nevada County would be one of the pioneers in creating a competition with Berkeley. It doesn't surprise me at all, you know, in light of the fact that Nevada County and the Nevada City Classic, which was the Father's Day bicycle race for world-class riders from all over the country, was birthed right here in Nevada City in 1961 and continued that tradition for a long, long time until the Amgen Tour became so big that Nevada City's little race got kind of pushed off the schedule, tragically. But that race course here in downtown Nevada City is one of the most grueling, you know, of all of the race courses on that tour. And for years, when I would talk to, to riders that I would go watch it all the time because I... The very first race, I worked at a service station right at the top of the hill in Broad Street where the race began. So over the years, I got to see this thing over and over again. And I just thought, what an incredible thing, you know, to hear their stories of, of what a test it was for them. So, you know, and then, of course, the Tour of Nevada City Bicycle Shop was created from that and Jim Rogers' involvement and and. Uh, all the other riders that have been here that became famous for Tour de France and all over. So so it doesn't surprise me at all that Nevada County would be the site for that. To, Another first. Yeah. We so had Lance, Lance Armstrong. Of course. In it one year. It was yeah. so fun to see him there as well. Yeah. Uh, amazing. I, I remember a long time ago when we had it in town, I had this mountain bike with all kinds of gear, so I thought, I'm going to see what this feels like. Oh, man. Yeah. I couldn't believe they go so fast up the hill faster than I would ever go down a hill yeah. in that race. They're just so powerful and amped up. And yeah, yeah exciting, really yeah. exciting. Well, I think the third race, you know, now that we're waxing some history, I remember there was some guy from Canada and he was like two thirds of a lap ahead of everybody. And somebody walked out on the course and he crashed. And oh, it was no. like, that was the end. You know, it's like, oh, great, you know. <laughs> they they work so hard, really, <laughs> yeah. and then and then that, that yeah. <laughs> well, people were still pretty like, well, what's this all about? You know, that, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. A lot of people uh, when they talk about their experience of cycling, and that could be the elderly people you you saw the other day, or little kids or something. But a key word that keeps coming up if you ask them, well, what do you like about it? Why do you ride a bike? There's a word called freedom. It makes you feel free. You're not hooked up to anything else and often not even dependent on an engine. You're dependent on your, your own ability to get around. And the first thing you do when you're a kid and you get on a bike is, Mom and Dad, we're going to just go across the street to Eddie's house. And you just go as far away as you can, <laughs> as quick as you can. And, uh, Before car. 
<laughs> yeah, and and uh, have a good time. But that feeling of freedom is, I think, uh, one thing. It, it's kind of almost like a theme people come up with when they talk about their biking experiences. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, one thing I actually wanted to talk about, too, was the cost of cycling. Because a lot of people, you know, I tell them, hey, I'm into biking. And they're like, oh, I'd love to do that. It's just so expensive. And, you know, my entry level into cycling was I think I paid 100 bucks <laughs> for, for a bike. Uh, you can buy them used. You don't have to have the newest, fanciest gear. Um, you can just really get in at a very low cost. You don't, you don't have to have the, all the bells and whistles. Um, and then if you stick with it and you start riding more and you keep riding, you know, then you can eventually move up into whatever sort of riding you want to do. And it might also define some of that, right? Like, oh, maybe I like riding on the road more than the mountains, or maybe I enjoy gravel riding, or maybe I enjoy an in-town bike. You know, there's so many ways to go with cycling that it's, it's sort of endless. And that's, you know, I hear people uh, have concerns with just over-investing in it initially, and, and it's just not something you have to do. You can get on a bike for very little money, and as you find that you're on it for more time, you'll probably be interested in, at some point, gearing up that equipment. Right. And it'll be at your own speed. So, and, and I think that's huge because, um, you know, when people look at price tags these days on bikes, it's, oh, thousands of dollars. And that's, yeah, if you're, you know, riding five days a week and hundreds of miles, you know, if you're really pushing the envelope, Absolutely. Get a great, get a get great rig. And those expensive bikes open the market up for the early entry bikes to be better bikes, you know, because they're all in the same range. The better than say a hundred dollar bike would be now than it was ten years ago. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. The used market is a fantastic thing. You know, I always recommend people work with their local bike shop uh, whenever possible because uh, having a relationship with the local bike shop is key i mean because bike fit you know making sure the bike fits you properly is probably the most important thing you want to keep in mind yeah so yeah. um but it's doable yeah uh if you just tuned in this is uh, between gears our monthly bicycle show and um i'm michael keen with me is haphazard my co-host and our guest today bill seegers who hosts radio flyer uh every other tuesday morning from 10 to noon a fellow broadcaster who loves bicycles and was uh, happy to share the, the hour with us tonight. So it's good to have you, Bill, and thanks for sharing. One of the things that, for me, you know, I rode a you know, sweet old Trek 21 speed. You know, it was not necessarily an expensive bike when I bought it, but it was like, and I probably bought it in the 80s, so, you know, it would be a 40-some-year-old bike. And I rode it a lot, and when I was in Auburn when I lived down there. I rode a lot more than I did when I moved back to Nevada City in the early 90s. And I found that I just rode less and less and less. And But, you know, finally I just stopped and it got parked. So I didn't ride for a long time, but a friend encouraged me to consider getting an electric bike. And I thought, okay, this this is probably a great thing. And I rode one of his and I was just like, Oh man, I can see where I would ride this every day as much as I could. So I bought one, and sure enough, that's the case. So from someone of my generation, you know, I'm in my 70s, and you know, riding is a little more difficult than it was. But now I've 
been restored by this uh, battery assist, I still get my workout and I pride myself in how far I can go before I even have to turn the battery on. But it's nice to be able to, like if I'm in a hurry to get to Grass Valley, I can kick it up to like pedal assist three and I can pedal down the highway at 19 miles an hour and get there and, and turn around and get back home. So there's advantages to the electric assist, but there's also the ability to just shut it off and ride it like a bike because it's got eight speeds. So it's kind of like half a mountain bike. I think they're amazing. Yeah. I, I really do. I, so my point of view is to encourage people of my generation to consider maybe making that investment to get back into health and get back into shape and, you know, and, and improve your life and feel better about everything you do. It's like Hap and I both agree, you know, there's nothing more exciting than getting out and pedaling away and working up a little perspiration and feeling that fresh air fill your lungs and you know it's it's just a sweet feeling as we all know so some people are afraid of the danger gosh a bicycle up against a car you know how how come you do that how can you not and i'm thinking wait a minute you're in a car as soon as you get to the freeway you're going to be going 65 to 70 in this car and you feel unsure about riding a bike at 12 miles an hour <laughs> yeah. you know we some things we just blank out on like yeah. Well, what's wrong with 65 miles an hour down the freeway in my car? Well, those speeds and all those other cars that are coming in different directions and things, I don't know. I, I could be a toss-up as far as danger goes, uh, or maybe it's yeah. a little more dangerous. to. Well, something I've brought up at every show we've done now, you know, I the first thing I bought for my bike, my first accessory, was a sweet little mirror, rear-view mirror. And I spend as much time looking at that rearview mirror as I do looking at the road in front of me because I want to know who's behind me and what that is. If it's a giant truck with a trailer, I know that I'm going to have to use every bit of that shoulder to, to keep myself safe and know that they got big mirrors on the side and stuff like that. So there's, there's ways that I have armed myself to be a little safer about traveling from Grass Valley, Nevada City on, on pavement. Well, safety is huge. I mean, if you don't feel safe, you're not going to get out on the bike, right? right so, right. You, you know, finding those paths, uh, whether it's road or mountain bike, that are comfortable and not above your skill level are critical, right? I mean, I, I, I think um, – and you don't get that if, if you don't go out and ride with other people too. I mean, that's – you know, I highly recommend for anybody out there who is looking to get into it. Um, find a group that uh, fits your pace uh, locally where you're at. I mean, I've ridden down in Sacramento. They have a huge trail that goes up to Folsom. I don't remember oh, right. the name. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just a huge, huge path that you can get miles and miles and miles on. And there's no cars. It's only bikes, walkers, you know. People um, doing nice outdoor activities. Sure. You're probably the fastest thing on there. So oh, actually. Yeah. Being. The second accessory I bought was a little, a sweet little bell that gives, you know, I, and I ring that chime, you know, and announce that I'm going to be passing on your left and hi, great day for a walk, you know, enjoy your day. And Absolutely. people are always happy to see me and thank me for being courteous. And, you know, it's just another great way to make friends and network Trail with etiquette. our community. 
Trail etiquette's huge. The bell has saved lots and lots of disturbances out on narrow trails where, you know, just one bike can go at a time, NID ditches and such. And you ring that little bell. Uh, my bell, I think, sounds like a Buddha bell, you know. Hopefully people will go deep into their philosophy <laughs> state. But it also sounds like the ice cream man. So people, you, they hear it from really far away. I don't, I'm seeing them up ahead and giving them early warning and they just stop. They know what's going on. They step to the side. They're always, like well, Michael said, grinning. Yeah. And Well, it, maybe when you announce yourself by going, Om, that's what they know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just use my voice. Yeah. And then I scare of them. Of course. Of course. <laughs> See, that, happened, that happened to me up on the Pioneer Trail once. I was, I was just, I wasn't going that fast down the trail, downhill, and a couple of young women were talking with each other, and I don't think they had any idea about the surrounding world outside of their voices. So I came down and said, uh, excuse me, coming on your right. And this young woman was, she fell down flat on the ground. She was so shocked to hear a voice from nowhere. So that's what encouraged me to get the bell. You yeah, know, absolutely. Uh, yeah, the yeah. bells are recommended. A lot of people are got their headphones on and and all sure. of that too, and talking to friends. So ding ding ding. Oh, it's yeah. always a surprise though for the other person. Sure. You know, being a hiker on there and having a bell come up, you're you're always a little startled, but that's just you know it's good etiquette. You want to let them know you're coming. Yeah. Sometimes I just slow down to a crawl and you know and say hi and try and be real you know. Modulating your voice for that can be a challenge for me. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. So, well, I'm I'm actually surprised. You know, I I ride uh, Lytton Trail a lot because it's right here and it's local, and it usually keeps me off the highway. And I'm surprised at all the people that walk. How many of them have earbuds in? Yeah. And now that they don't have little strings on them anymore, it's really difficult to tell. You know, so sometimes I'll have to sound my little bell as many times as, you know, a half a dozen and slow down to when I'm nearly walking my bike to get around them. But still, you know, you want to be safe. You don't want to scare people. You don't want to alienate the people that share the road with you or share the trail with you. Well, because we want to, you know, we're ambassadors of the sport, quite frankly, right? So, well said. Uh, you come up and, you know, make a bad impression on somebody out there who's doing something different than you. And it can look bad, you know, um, and we don't want to do that, right? We want to use all these trails. We don't want people saying, hey, you can't be on these trails. Well, at the same time, I want all the other people to be on the trails. I mean, that's yeah. that's why people live here, in my opinion, is to get out and be in nature and see it. I mean, horses are one of those things that, you know, you come up to. And I actually literally stop, get off my bike, and I ask them, how would you like me to, do you want me to, you know, I get direction from the horse person right. on how I should behave around them. And I can't tell you how many times people on horses have just been so thrilled that they've gotten that type of interaction with a mountain biker. Yes. Share, so. share the trail, share the road. We're yeah. all going somewhere and that we all do a better job if we're all cooperating and realize, oh, that person must be going over there. Okay, cool. And, and just yeah. that. There's not, not like competition or anything. Uh, How about if we take a brief intermission and I will call uh, Sean Clark and he can uh, share with us a little information about what the Bear Yuba Land Trust does. And, and we can thank him for cutting those trees up and getting them off the trail. 
And Michael mentioned earlier, this is a program called Between Gears. Every uh, fourth Monday of the, each month, at some months we'll have two shows because it just turns out that way calendar-wise. We love bikes, and a good way to get in touch with us is all small letters, Between Gears at KVMR.org. And we really would uh, love to hear from you. Welcome to KVMR, Sean Clark. Oh, thank you so much for having having me. Happy to be here. Well, it's good to have you. You know, you uh, you you've we were collectively all going to thank you at once for cutting up that log across the trail. <laughs> oh, oh, you're welcome, <laughs> Sean. Where can we see you uh, most recently? Around what part of what trail are you working on currently? Well, this time of year, I'm getting a lot of emails about um, trees down. So there is kind of a uh, running around and taking care of that. But we do have a couple um, trail building projects that we're working on. One is a new segment to the Deer Creek Tribute Trail. And um, yeah, I probably talked to you for my bike there. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And we have volunteer work days out there. Um, There's a volunteer calendar on the website and people can come join us. And then, uh, we're also partnering with the city of Nevada City to work on a trail up Sugarloaf to kind of connect from down near Highway 49, kind of up to the uh, the city property at the top. Sean, what's that uh, website that people can volunteer at? Yes, this um, we'll have to steer them over to the Bear Yuba Land Trust website, and it's bylt.org. Yeah, it's a pretty easy one. That's that's nice. B Y L T dot O R G. Sean, it's a pleasure. Tell us a little bit about the work that the Land Trust has been doing and the scope of some of your trails that you guys have created that we can appreciate. Yeah, of of course. It's um, we build multi-use, non-motorized trails. Uh, a lot of them are tend to be shorter, kind of in town trails you know we promote kind of the the connectivity right that's kind of what it's kind of what it's all about um so uh, we don't really ever do a project kind of by ourselves either right there's always either partnering with grass valley or partnering with nevada city or other nonprofits like bonk um and of course uh other volunteers to come help us uh get the work done um so yeah we uh kind of the secret sauce to a successful trail project is getting um you know buy-in from the local community and folks in the neighborhood that that are supporting the trail and um become real champions of the trail so that's uh kind of the approach we like to take is you know working with working with the folks (laughs) working with the neighbors would you like people to contact you directly to help with the volunteer efforts uh they can um is there a link on the website uh, yeah, there's a way to volunteer and um, a volunteer calendar. We're having uh, one of our properties, one of our fee title properties, Adam Ryan. It's on the corner of uh, Dog Bar and Alta Sierra Drive. We're having um, oh, yeah. a project on the preserve. We're having like a larger work day. That's on March 23rd. And then we're also kind of having like a community rendezvous open house at Gold Vibes Kombucherie. And that's um, March 14th. And um, I'll be at both of those events. Um, 
And, yeah, these are also great networking opportunities. You know, it's a lot of like-minded folks who like to get out and, you know, ride their bike and hike and paddle and all that good stuff. So it's a real uh, – and we have a lot of fun, too. You know, um, we do get some work done, but um, we do have a lot of fun and, and tell a lot of bad jokes and, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> oh, it sounds like what's going on here tonight. It's a, it's a, it's a lifestyle. Hey, would you please repeat? Yeah, you gotta, would you please repeat your your? Uh, it's not a meeting. What's happening up at the kombucheri on the fourteenth? Yes, yes, absolutely. This is going to be wonderful. This is a. It's called a community rendezvous, and it's Thursday, March fourteenth. It's in the evening from five to seven, and uh, we'll be giving a little presentation. But we'll be there for a little meet and greet, kind of an open house. Uh, we'll be talking about some of our projects. You know, trails is just kind of one aspect of the um, conservation work that we do. Um, we also hold uh, conservation easements. You know, it's all kind of around protecting the rural and scenic quality of, of Nevada County. Um, so you can find out about other conservation efforts that we're doing uh, at that event. And what was the location again of the uh, the March 23rd date? I think half Okay, kind of that is at, uh, yeah, it's called um, Adam Ryan Wildlife Preserve. Okay. It's in Alta Sierra uh, on Dog Bar Road. Um, and we're going to be doing stuff like invasive species removal. Um, we have a little pollinator garden there, and we'll probably do some work in the pollinator garden. Um, yeah, there's, all, you know, all sorts of stewardship work we'll get into when we're out there. Um but, yeah, it's a fun group. Like I said, I'm sure it's just like when you guys get together for a bike ride or, you know, do an outing. You know, it's a, it's a you know, share war stories and stuff like that. Oh, about yeah. Trails and, we you can't know, help ourselves. Or, you know, yeah, exactly. Well, and it's a great way to find out about a trail that you may have overlooked by talking to someone you might be meeting for the first time and sharing your experiences and they can share theirs. Yeah, absolutely. We are we're so blessed to have all the all these state parks and BLM land, and of course the national forest. Um, NID I mean, we ditches. Really, NID ditches. Absolutely. Oh man. So yeah, we're just one one small uh, player in all this wonderful parks and rec we have. But uh, yeah, we're very lucky to have all these wonderful uh, state parks and everything. Um, and like I said, we like to work with these groups. To kind of you know uh, have a have a bigger impact. Um, so yeah, we're lucky to have all these trails, man. And then going up to uh, up to Grouse Ridge and all up there off of Bowman Lake Road and how beautiful it is up there. Um, what a lucky and uh, beautiful place to live. I've ridden up there, and uh, I just want to thank you for uh, making that a a thing because it's an absolutely gorgeous spot, and to be able to mountain bike up there. Uh, first of all, it's it's very technical, um, but it's just the most beautiful, you know, landscape you'll ever run into up there. So, and and all kinds of hikers, bikers on it. Um, but in terms of one of the most outstanding places to be able to ride that doesn't have a ton of cyclists. I mean, you can go up to Downeyville and you're going to hit a ton of cyclists up there on a weekend because it's just a world-renowned place to go uh, for downhill riding. Um, you know, Grouse Ridge is spectacular. 
Oh yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's yeah, beautiful up there, beautiful country. Well, for those of you who just tuned in recently, this is the uh, Between Gears, our monthly bicycle show, and uh, I'm Michael Keane, and with me is my co-host Haphazard and Bill Seegers of the Nevada Union Bicycle Team, and on the line with us is Sean Clark from the Bear River, uh, Bear uh, Yuba Land Trust, and you can reach him through bylt.org. Sean, um, earlier in the show, I introduced Rod Brown and spoke a little bit about his uh, committee that he's heading to um, figure out how to fund more help for trails in and around Nevada City for trails for for not only bicycling but for walkers and and um, he was the one that introduced me to you so talk a little bit about what his committee's doing if you know what what you know about it and we're hoping to have him on next month so if you wouldn't mind yeah absolutely it's all kind of about promoting this kind of uh connect walkability the connectivity linking people you know try to this alternative to non-motorized transportation and kind of everything that goes along with that um and finding ways to make it safe. So the committee is a trails planning committee, and we get um, different trail projects. Um, well, we have some trail projects we've been working on, like key connections that we'd love to make, um, but there's private property you got to get across and that kind of thing. But other projects do come up, and then in this committee we're kind of evaluating um, – you know, looking at different metrics of the project, if it's something that we want to go to the board and have them authorize staff time for it or not. But um, a lot of it does kind of center around this um, connectivity and, uh, you know, safe routes to school. You know, if we can get people to, you know, shopping centers or uh, church, you know, where they don't have to get into their car to get there. You know, I think it, it's kind of idealistic, but maybe, you know, we could have a trail in everybody's backyard. So you don't have to put the bike in the car to drive to the trailhead. You know, it's uh, it's that kind of thing, kind of getting this uh, a little more connectivity um, and a little bit safer for people to, to get around town and not having to get in their car all the time. Um, and just connecting neighborhoods, you know, sometimes to get to the next neighborhood, you got to kind of go way out and around. Um but, uh, but uh, for better or worse, a lot of these trail alignment projects do rely on getting trail easements from private landowners. So that is part of the, um, that is part of it, you know. Um, Connecting the, the neighborhoods landowners. is huge, I think. Oh, I think, yeah. you, know, yes. you know, I've, I've ridden with a number of people that live in different parts of Grass Valley and, and um, they are trying to discover how do they get from where they're at in Grass Valley to somewhere maybe in Nevada City, or hey, why wouldn't we want to ride down in Penn Valley or Rough and Ready? I mean, there's so many places that you want to get to other areas and that safe um, corridor, commute, kind safe of corridor yeah. where somebody can ride either on a gravel path or something just to connect everybody so that you can now get on your bike and with e-bikes even right you know you can now instead of getting on a road that's real busy lots of cars hey if we could have some paths uh set up in our local area for you know just uh common connected areas so people can connect them on their bikes instead of getting in their car it's huge 
Sean, yeah, you might. That's, uh, that's, we, we're, we can get behind that for sure. Sean, you might like this story. It's kind of funny. Uh, um, I wanted to ride with a friend who I've been riding with for a long, long time. She probably lives three or four miles as a crow flies. Um, but I'd only been to her house on my bike, on trails and up and around and all that stuff. But we had planned to go up, take the bikes up on a with a car rack, which is really foreign to me. I don't do that very often. I could not find her house in my car because <laughs> I, I, yes, I you know what I mean? And that's exactly what you're talking about and we're all talking about here. It's so weird. I was, just couldn't figure it out. It was so strange. <laughs> on a bike, bam, I got three different ways to get there. But in a car, I kind of do I go on Purden or do I go on, you know, so anyway, thanks for what you do, damn it. <laughs> No, that's what it's all about. Well, uh, thanks uh, to you and, and the show. It's because, uh, you know, conversations like this and getting this out there, and uh, this is important. So, yeah, you guys are part of the, uh, of course, you guys are all part of it, too, and making it, help making it happen. Well, yeah. I sure appreciate what you do, and I, I hope that some of you listeners will uh, will contact Sean through uh, the uh, BYLT.org. That's the Bear uh, Yuba Land Trust, and uh, Sean is the the trailblazer and maintenance man uh, extraordinaire, I might add. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. yeah. yeah the, we, we're Bear Yuba. We that it's kind of like we work in the water, the watershed of the Bear and the Yuba. So that's kind of how we came up with Bear Yuba. You know, the lines don't always fit nicely, kind of into a county. We were Nevada County Land Trust. But that kind of we have. There's also Truckee Donner Land Trust in Nevada County. So we kind of uh, Bear Yuba is kind of Nevada County, you know, Land Trust 2.0. But uh, yeah, that's how we came up with that. It's kind of our service area is kind of the watersheds of the Bear and the Yuba. So. Sean, I've heard talk of uh, a route somebody's working on to get us from, say, Nevada City to Truckee and beyond. Yes, there's a. Uh, Yes, uh, Pines to Mines, um, this uh, Sugarloaf, that trail we're working on with the city of Nevada City could be part of that. You know, a big, what we're trying to solve at the, at the Land Trust is just getting to the Pioneer. If we could just get from, from Nevada City to the Pioneer Trail, that's really kind of right now a, when I talked earlier about one of those key connections, that's one that, um, that we'd really like to get. Uh, you know, a legal in perpetuity trail route that's, you know, goes on the deed and it's forever. Um, so, yeah, that is that would be part of that Pines to Mines. But there is a group uh, that is working on that. Um, there's a little bridge on Spalding Lake Trail that we're also working on uh, part of that project. When uh, Jordan Creek spill channel is filling water, you can't you can't get through. So we are working with um PG&E and the Forest Service on getting a bridge over that. Um, so yeah, I mean that's a that's a big project. Yes. Um, that's all I can say, but uh, it is happening, and I it, it will be built one day. How about that? It'll it'll be built one day. <laughs> Those are great goals. I'm I'm impressed that that there is that long range plan in place. That, that's really sweet to hear. Every yeah. every gallon of gasoline we can save is really really gonna <laughs> save our future. So all the work we're doing now is paving the way for for grandkids and folks down the road. 
And it's probably yeah. a lot of beautiful and, country and again, I, you wouldn't see otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's uh, yeah, it is gorgeous up there. Um, more toward a little more towards the pines end than the mines end, but uh, yeah. And again, just the partnerships. You know, we we are also lucky that there are a lot of people who kind of see the light with this recreation and, and recognize how wonderful it is on, you know, and how good it is for people to to get outside. So yeah, the county is really uh, stepping up and coming around, and the cities, and you know, like I was saying earlier, with some of the other entities that provide parks and recreation it's really wonderful that uh for the most part i think we do get along pretty well out on the trails and out on the lands you know you do hear uh in other states you know where you got to have equestrian use on this day and bicycle use on this day and i'm just so thankful we don't have to kind of go down that road sure here people seem to uh have a little bit of a better spirit around all of that so um, i'm so thankful for uh the willingness for people to get along for the most part out there. Yeah, I've been really glad that uh, that NID has kind of made the creek beds, the ditch trails available for multi-use. When I was growing up here in Nevada County, a lot of those trails had had gates and locks on them, you know, and then as the county got more and more populated, people were building next to those ditches and they would put up their own gates and their own locks. And so you'd go a quarter mile and eh, that's it. Turn around, come back, start over. And, and I've, I've been really impressed that so many places are now pretty free and from all of those gates and locks. I ride a lot of those trails. And so whoever uh, did that, thank you so much uh, for making that happen because uh, Cascade Canal Trail. I mean, that's right. I think four and a half miles each way. So round trip, nine mile ride all along. You know, open water canal all yep. year long. It's uh, with you stop in the center of it, and you look across, and there's downtown Nevada City. So it just doesn't get better for a view. No. Plus that that trail is shared by everybody who ambulates. I've seen. People pushing their babies in strollers. I've seen people with walkers walking very slowly down that trail. Everybody is a participant in it uh, because of its somewhat flatness, wideness, and all of that. But everybody takes part in that. It doesn't. You don't have to be a bike rider. However, it is shared with bicyclists as well, and it's just so wonderful to experience. Yeah. People getting along that way. And that's from, you know, people opening the, the gates and yeah. not blocking off their, you know, because it's really their private property that, has, you know, NID has the easement on it. And and so it's allowing people to, to use that. And so, again, it comes back, all comes back to good stewardship from all the participants, right? Making sure that yeah. we, we uh, help those owners out and uh, be as kind to them as they're being to us. So. Definitely. Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. This, uh, I think it was an, an Imba thing, but uh, the spirit of Howdy. Do you guys know? Have you heard about that before? No, tell us. No. Oh, well, it's just kind of like just what you're talking about. When you're out on the trail, you make eye contact and, you know, you say hello or, or you say Howdy. It's like the spirit of Howdy. So, yeah, exactly what you're talking about. Just being friendly and, and kind when you're out there and just making eye contact and saying hello. And, you know... Uh, yeah, exactly. Just uh, treating other people how you want to be treated. We were just having this conversation about our bike bells yeah. that, that allow people to know we're coming and smile and they can stop or put their dog to the side of the trail. Or we stop and they walk by, but the bell kind of breaks the ice between the different kind of folks out there. 
Now that, that's so that's so funny, Sean. You said howdy, and I immediately went to that place of howdy duty. What? Yeah. yeah so I guess I'm dating yeah. myself. You weren't the only one. <laughs> oh, the spirit of the spirit of hello. Yeah, exactly. got it. Exactly. Got it. Yeah, it's <laughs> very clear. <laughs> well, you know what's what I'm really getting from this conversation that we're having now is that the the network that you're creating through your work developing trails the kinship that you're developing with the volunteers that help you the interaction that rod brown and his committee is, are doing to help purpose repurpose the funds that are available to help develop and and make contacts with these private owners so that this land can be available to you to make new trails and then the riders themselves, like the three of us here in the studio right now, and our kinship that we share and the information and the stories that we share and being cheerleaders for one another to, to make bicycling more fun and safer and more accessible for everybody and just encouraging, encouraging people that aren't into biking who have been to get reactivated and, and rekindle that, that spirit and that love of, of cycling. I'm, amen, brother. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, was I preaching there? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, and we, we're connected up with the local schools, too. You know, Seven Hills, of course, with its bike repair program. And uh, the giveaways they do, you know, building the bikes around Christmas time so some folks who don't maybe have a lot of money their children will find uh, bikes under the Christmas tree because there's pictures of people at the uh, uh, Grass Valley Vets Hall building all those bikes just before Christmas time. And it's just a wonderful connection with everyone. <laughs> and, and, you know, having given a lot of bikes because uh, my kids all had bikes and sure. as they get older, they grow out of them. So I've donated a lot of bikes to those programs. And, it, it, you know, if you've gotten bikes for your kids and now you have a whole bunch of bikes in the garage and your kids don't fit them anymore, there's no better program than repurposing those bikes for other kids. You and it's it. all local. So Yeah, and that's the Nevada City Deer Creek School right at, at the end of, um, I've forgotten the name of the street, I guess uh, Brock Road takes you out to the school there and you can do- drop them off. There's Seven a spot for it. Yeah. Uh, I think it's Deer Creek at the end of the... Oh. Or is it... Deer Creek. No, you're right. School. Seven, seven, seven Hills. Hills is a Sorry. school, yeah. No, that's okay. <laughs> They're both well, right there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and you can, I think you can contact the school, too, and just ask them if yeah. you want. You know, I, I remember uh, I had forgotten. There's been a few people who have run the program over the years, and um, every time I had kids that didn't fit bikes, uh, oh, I better call the school and you know who's right okay call him I mean, they'll 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 guide you to where you need to get to and and what you're donating but um, any bike for that matter that and, doesn't. and think of the kids they get to take a bike repair class instead of geography or social studies or something like that <laughs> it's like it's one the of the tools. few hands-on classes yes. that they can take yeah and you know better yeah. you know it's pretty awesome yeah They've got a better bike uh, tool set up than I do. <laughs> well, I'm jealous. Have, because of bike technology keeps changing, they, they have stepped up the program, too. They're, they're doing stuff that when I volunteered there, you know, it's really old school compared to all the balancing and actually different tools to use now, too, for different parts of the bike. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's impressive. 
Well, I just glanced at the clock, and it appears as though we are rapidly running out of time, as usual. So I, I want to be sure that everybody knows that that uh, Sean Clark is part of the Bear Yuba Land Trust, and you can find out details about how you can get involved with the trust by going to, once again, byLT.org. And you can uh, find out about all the work that they do and ways that you can volunteer. And uh, hopefully next month I'll have Rod Brown on and he can share a little bit how to get involved in ways to become part of of his group to help figure out how to create safer trails and walking spaces in town and how to network with our city fathers, our, our councilmen and our planning commissioners and and the people in the transportation, the county board there, and and all of those ways. So, Sean, I appreciate you spending your time with us today, and and it's it's great if you have some closing remarks. That would be really sweet, and uh, great to great to meet you, pal. Yeah, well, thank you so much. You guys have been uh, so grateful, and keep thanking me. And I want to thank you guys for all the wonderful work that you do. Um, just that wonderful program that you were talking about, getting bikes you know, into more uh, families and stuff. And it's just, yeah, we're all fighting the good fight. And I uh, really appreciate you having me on. Uh, have a wonderful week. And, and thank you, guys. We're, we're so grateful. And before I, before I let you go, I should let you know that um, you can listen to this or you can share with people you know that didn't weren't listening tonight that, that this program, Between Gears, is a podcast at our website here, kvmr.org, and that's how they can connect with us. And, um, yeah, it's great great to meet you, and uh, undoubtedly we'll meet again. And thanks for your time. Thank you. And yeah, if, thank you so much. Sean, if you want to get the word out, uh, between gears at kvmr.org, if you have some things going on and you'd like uh, us to share it when we do the program, please do. Oh yeah, that that would be great. That's a great good thinking on that one. Yeah, we will uh, we'll we will do that. Appreciate it. All right, we appreciate you too. We're all bikies, you know. We've got these big lens <laughs> on our faces and talking about how deep the mud is in certain places and all of that. So thank you for coming aboard with us. Well, I was so grateful yeah, that that Rod Brown connected us this morning and allowed me to, to share time with you on the phone and, and make a date with you this evening. And it's, it's just great to meet you. And I can't wait to meet you in person. Thanks for your hard work and the trails. Yeah, likewise. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. Good talking to you. I'd like to remind uh, the radio audience that, uh, uh, we are supported, uh, KVMR is supported, and this program is supported by UBAP Bicycle Sales and Service in Nevada City, locally owned, open 10 a.m. Monday through Saturday, specializing in sales and service for mountain bikes, gravel, and e-bikes, offering tune-ups, suspension work, wheel building, plus trail advice, ubetbike.com. And I want to thank Bill Seegers for coming in, and are you on the air tomorrow morning? No, no, I am the following week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, Bill Seeger's program, Radio Flyer, airs every other Tuesday morning from 10 to noon. And uh, call him up and tell him you're an avid biker, too. Love to hear from you. And thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for spending the evening with us. These grins that we have, <laughs> they go deeper than what you see on the surface. Hap, once again, we have managed to 
raw raw for bicycles that's for right. another hour and you listeners if you'd like to listen to this again or share it with one of your friends it's a podcast at kvmr.org and you can send us an email if you've got a, something something you want to talk to or talk about or share with us just send us an email at between gears at kvmr.org 